Yes, hello to you all. You are listening to the Monday Waffle. I'm Jesse Donnelly Jones, joined by my co-hosts Connor Malice and Tom McCracken. Boys, how you going? Very well, mate. Exciting round of footy that we saw on the weekend. Fantastic, wasn't it? I mean, God love us. You want to talk about a close round? I mean, Connor, four of the five games under single digits. What more could you ask for? Oh, exactly it. And I did uh, say you last. Called it. Uh, yeah, look, you hate, did. hate yep. to say I did. Um, only thing I didn't call was the West Perth game, which was very unfortunate. Not so <laughs> good of a Friday for me, but look, Claremont definitely having a good Friday. Um, still, what they won now what, five of the past six matches yep. against West Perth now. But it wasn't all... I mean, there was some good signs from West Perth, but some really good signs from Claremont as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, we'll go through uh, each game in depth over this next half hour. We will kick it off with the uh, the Good Friday football and uh, Claremont getting over the top of West Perth there in Joondalup, 9-11-65, 8-13-61. And that Claremont team, Tom, looking looking pretty good, especially early days. Yeah, it's... Oh, look, a uh, saying before we jumped on the pod here, boys. Nothing beats getting a win in round one and the importance of it. You know, you're lined up against a team that you finished next to, above or below. Um, getting getting a win in the first quarter. And, yeah, Falcons, you know, they they, they played all right. Yeah, they, the Falcons... They, they got there in the end, and that's what mattered. Yeah, look, I mean, the Falcons haven't lost any fans. That, that's for sure. I mean, they were outstanding, too. You know, both teams were wayward in front of goal. Obviously, more behinds than goals for both teams there. But West Perth, to to take it to Claremont once again, as they have done these past couple of years, I mean, they'll be right up the top come the end of the season. But um, Aaron Black, once again, coming back from that game for uh, West Coast back in round two in the AFL and uh, shunned for his waffle team again, Connor. Yeah, look, 32 disposals, kicked a goal. He wasn't the only person. You had Luke Meadows and Trent. Uh, Luke Meadows had 30 touches and... Trent Manzone had 32. I think the real thing that let him down after that first quarter, they kicked four goals, 10. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, if that, that ease, easily could have been 13 goals, eight. Exactly. And that would yeah. have been the game changer. But look, going to Claremont, Jai Bolton back in some really good form with 38, 38 touches. Yep. Lachlan Martin, 35. Ryan Lim, 27. And Bailey Rogers getting two goals, one and 21 touches. Sandover medalist. Yeah, it was outstanding. It was, it was a game of ebbs and flows, wasn't it? I mean, West Perth were up early, up by 18 late in that first term. We're hanging on to the lead there at halftime and, and three-quarter time. And then Claremont getting up by 18 late in the fourth. You thought they were going to run away with it. And then West Perth kick a couple of late goals and we had that grandstand finish there. But great start there by Claremont and obviously West Perth, as we said earlier, certainly haven't lost any support from their performance. Uh, East Perth defeating Swan Districts. It's been a long time between drinks for the Royals in round one, hasn't it, boys? But uh, knocking off the Swans 12-7-79, 11-9-75. And uh, Tom, the, the Royals led for much of this game and uh, the Swans came storming home, didn't they? Yeah, they came home in a frenetic rush. But good on East Perth. They started with a similar win, a narrow win over Swan Districts. But yeah, the Royals, they, they tasted round one success um, for the first time since 2014. Yeah, So, you know, if you're a Royal supporter, you're probably up and about. Yeah, you can't win them all unless you win the first one, as <laughs> they say. But look, I, I'm really happy to see these guys. I mean, the, the accuracy, this was probably the best game of the round for accuracy. I mean, the Royals kicking 63% accuracy and Swans kicking 55%, which is fantastic. I mean, compared to the rest of the other games for the Royals as well. We had Brayshaw brother Hamish getting 30 yep, touches. Good start so for, for Hamish, yep. He might be trying to put his name in the list for mid-season, try and get back in there. But yeah, good to see the Royals get up. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, probably worth mentioning too in this day and age, not a whole lot of big goal kickers in the, in the game that... Uh, as opposed to what it used to be. But uh, Braden Noble kicking five for the Swans, so outstanding there. And uh, local boy from Bassendine, Jesse Turner, getting 28 disposals there for the home side. So, um, yeah, look, Swan Districts, similar to the Falcons, haven't lost any fans with their performance, accurate in front of goal, held on uh, throughout the end there, really stuck it out with the Royals. But, uh, yeah, congratulations there to East Perth for for getting it done. And uh, the last game on Good Friday, fellas, the Peel Thunder knocking off East Fremantle down in Mandurah there, 17-8-110 to 11-12-78. And uh, Tom, East Frio on top for probably fair to say the first three quarters, had more set shots, but um, seven goals there by Peel in the last term. Fellas, I was up and about. I was up <laughs> and about for those first three quarters, but that last quarter, the lights came crashing down on me. Oh, look, East Fremantle, they found their spark a little bit in the third. They kicked four to three. They snatched the lead going into the final break. Jonathan Marsh, he got a hold of three goals. He was having a pretty solid day out mm. for the Sharkies. But yeah, Peel just, yeah, I think that sort of AFL depth, Blakely and Meek, was they were particularly impressive. Meek was just too big all day. Um, and they just, yeah, they, they kicked well. They kicked accurately in that last term. Seven to take it home. goals oh, look, I don't need to hear it, mate. Seven I don't, goals I've seen it. Seven goals oh. scored. That's almost the amount that Subi kicked. They kicked 6-11 in that last quarter. Oh, you're staring into my soul <laughs> now, Connor. Oh. Well, well you, touch, you touched on that accuracy before, Connor, about how there's been certain teams who really shot themselves in the foot there round one. And uh, East Frio probably uh, kicking themselves there on Good Friday. Yeah. Yeah, probably, mate, probably. But, like, I mean, what, Peel kicked 68%, which is absolutely phenomenal. And, I mean, that all that to come in that last quarter when the pressure's on. So, that these could be guys that, you know, might have a lot of depth later on in the year. If they can find that switch in the first quarter, they might actually run over a fair amount. Yeah, there, was, there was still positives for the Sharks to take oh, away from that, that first round one. Like, they just ran out of steam. And, like, Bocourse, 31 touches, 11 marks. Cam Eardley, 30 touches as well, and Millen Murdoch, um, a young Sharks product, 27. So, you know, there's there's a good spread of um, depth there. Some good sights. Yeah, you just want to, you just want to, you just got to kick straight and win your whole side. <laughs> it would help, wouldn't it? But yeah, some some good signs there for the Sharkies. But um, we'll, we'll touch on some of the uh, Frio boys who uh, I'm sure a lot of Dockers supporters were keen on having a look at on that good Friday. And um, Carl Warner. From Victoria, originally played for the Oakley Chargers in the TAC Cup, was taken, well, the rookie draft, actually. So um, a mature age recruit there for Fremantle, had 32 disposals and two goals. Jai Amiss, 17 disposals, five marks and a goal for Peel. So um, so some good signs there with, with a couple of young boys coming through. Then who would you drop for Freo if you really want to bring him in? If they, I mean, this is great signs in the waffle, but... That, that's a tough one, isn't it, Connor? I mean... Oh, look, I mean, you, you, we all saw uh, the Dockers take the Bombers to the cleaners on, on Sunday, but um, it would be tough to sort of take anyone out of that team at the moment. I suppose at the back end of the year or even mid-season, if you need to shore up your forward line or if you need some pace out on the wing. I mean, if, if these two boys keep putting in performances like this for Peel, they'll, they'll certainly be uh, knocking on Longmuir's door, that's for sure. But yeah, we'll cross over to the Easter Saturday now. So we had a a couple of ripping games once again, both decided by single digits. And uh, Perth just getting over the line against the West Coast Reserves 9 8 62, 8 12 60. 
Fraser McInnes, Connor, uh, came through for his his club uh, against the team that he used to captain. Yeah, well, three goals, three he kicked. Unreal. Matt Taylor ended up with 32. Andrew Fisher, I used to play footy with at Kingsley's, got 26. He was also used to play for West Coast before they had to take that break. Brain Ainsworth ended up on 25, and Ajang Ajang uh, finished two goals, one. And you think about um, you know some of these ex free uh, ex West Coast boys, I should say, who who went to Perth in the aftermath of that 2020 season where West Coast had to sit out. Probably uh, licking their wounds a bit there, Tom, especially given how McInnes, Andrew Fisher had outstanding performances over the weekend. Oh, absolutely. And the, the old the classic Esperance product, uh, Braden Ainsworth. <laughs> he uh, he was up and about against his old team, and uh, you know it was impressive to see. Definitely might have had a little, you know, chip on his shoulder, but good on him. You know, run out in your colours and, and you take it on. Yeah, absolutely. And what what did we think of the uh, West Coast Reserves? I think a, a lot of people were probably writing them off, you know, pretty early into the week there, leading up to round one, saying these blokes will get belted by Perth. Perth are on the cusp of making the finals, but they, they stuck in there, didn't they? Well, I hate to sound like a broken record here, but it was, you know, up until they can kick straight. Yeah, yep, that's, that's all it needed. They kicked, what, eight goals, 12. Well, more scoring shots too, 20 shots to 17 once yeah, again. When you only have 40%, you know, kicking rate, you had 47 inside 50s, so what's that? They really didn't score. They had 20 shots on goal, so and then they got it inside 47 times, you know. Should probably take more advantage at each inside 50. Whether that means they need some more forward pressure in there, maybe some big bodies and a bit more pressure and locking it in. We'll see. Yeah, you look across the stat sheet there, Connor, and they basically <laughs> won every area they needed to, to to get the game of footy. But, um, yeah, Perth just uh, finding a way once again. But, um, yeah, Matthew Taylor, the leading possession winner in that one with 32 for the Demons. And Xavier O'Neill was West Coast's best ball winner with 27 touches. And the final game of the round, boys, the grand final rematch. So Subiaco taking on South Fremantle at Leaderville Oval there and South coming over the top of the Lions in that last term and taking it out 8 7 Tom, it was a pretty rowdy crowd there, wasn't it? It was. There was uh, plenty of vocal South supporters who had made the journey, Jesse, but oh, they would have been excited with that last quarter, keeping Subi goalless. Wonderful. Wonderful for the South supporters. They were up and about. They were, um, weren't they? Yeah, and they were really up for the challenge as well. It was a physical contest. And it was, it was a scrappy, I thought it sort of started off as a little bit of a scrappy game with that momentum swinging in between the both uh, the two clubs in the first half. Yeah, and, uh, and Subiaco, I mean, they were on in that first half. I mean, you saw there the first two quarters, they seemed to have South's number. But uh, Connor, once again, inaccuracy in that first half kept South in it. Yeah, when you're kicking 35% as like, you know, you're in the grand final last year, you'd be hoping that they would have brought that number way up high you would hope near like 45 50 percent even an extra 10 percent would have changed the game but yeah if you can't find the middle of the boot you know what i mean what can you do yeah exactly right and both these teams uh, expected to be at the top top uh, echelon of the ladder there come the end of the season but just wondering boys um and i'll get both of your thoughts on this um in terms i mean we touched on in our you know season preview last week about this uh, mid-season draft, and not only that, but also the top-up players for Fremantle and West Coast. Are we expecting both these clubs to sort of not take a slide, but maybe just hit a bit of a plateau mid-year and perhaps lose a few of these players to you know the two local AFL clubs? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I wouldn't be surprised at all. The quality of waffle that you're seeing is certainly risen, and that's you know that's being driven. Guys like Toby McCookin, 
for you know and Chad Pearson uh, all having great games. AFL clubs are going to be looking uh, far and wide. I'd so, hate, uh, yeah. I'd hate to be too logical here, guys, but I really think we'll start to see it when, you know, the COVID numbers start to affect the teams a bit more. You've already seen Aaron Black go off and play the Eagles, so it depends whether, you know, sticking their fingers in the honey. And it goes back to, like, you know, you've just got to be able to win games. Like, Perth getting over West Coast this week, it's a two-point scrappy affair. They get the job done. They take points away. They It just sort of keeps their season just edging forward closely and you know for CF to come away with a win as well this weekend it's it's that sort of like you know you you just got to gather as many points as you can because you don't know what is going to happen there could just be some some massive external variables that just gets thrown at your club and your list and you go oh we're on it yeah that's right Tom I mean if you know while you've got your full squad with you just (laughs) rack up as many wins as you can because no club's going to know when when some of these players uh might get taken taken for a, a week or two but yeah, look, um, absolutely. But I would feel as if it wouldn't be the key players that are actually out. I feel as if it would be the you know the fresh comers, the 19, 20-year-olds that oh, are yeah. in the sides that you'd hate to bring someone in that's you know, probably close to their 30s, not really going to be making it into the AFL. You'd probably dip your fingers into somewhere that you know there's a bit of future. You might see a bit of prospect. You might want to put them on a half-forward flank, see where they go from there. Yeah, and... Um, oh, the, 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 the old boneyard shift, hey? the old <laughs> half-forward flank. Yeah, Get hung out to dry. That's it. That, that was that was the Ross Lyon special, wasn't it? Eh? Oh god! See if someone can make their way into the middle in the in the midfield. Eh? Let, let's play him half forward flank. Yeah, but vintage wasn't. There it? was a positive for Subi out of the week, right? Bullshit. Probably mm. has the best salad. It's fresh in the comp. It's fresh, isn't it? It's a big call there, Connor. Big it, call. it is. I might even put a salad award for the year. Honestly, I think we should, hey, because I, seeing, seeing that salad on the weekend, hey, it was um, fresh was, clippers. You reckon he got the pre-season cut? The pre- he must have got the know? Skrillex cut. He must have went to the barber <laughs> oh. and went, here's the Skrillex. I want this, please. Laughing, eh? Laughing. Mm. Well, boys, round two this week. Oh. Yeah, phenomenal, isn't it? So we got uh, South Fremantle taking on West Coast at Fremantle Oval there on Saturday. What do we make of that one, boys? A West Coast a chance? It should be easy pickings. Mm. It should be simple, straightforward annihilation. All right. Tips then. West Coast by <laughs> <laughs> No, I have a distinct feeling South will be running a muck over, over West Coast. Look, West Coast, you know, coming off a close loss, we'll see. You know, you always get turned around. And the finger gets pointed. You come out with a little, little bit more pride and, you know, you've got to have a go. But yeah, South, they looked pretty sleek at certain instances against Subi, particularly being able to run the game out. That last quarter was big. I mean, they had the ball in their forward half for about the first 20 minutes there. Subi could not get the ball out. So, albeit, you know, two goals to zip in that last quarter. But, you know, possession-wise and territory-wise, they were definitely all over Subi. Look, I think the Eagles can be pretty competitive in this one. I think South... I'm expecting South to get it done, but probably, I would say, around that four to five goal mark. I don't think it'll be the, uh, the blowout, which some people might anticipate. But what do you reckon, Connor? No, I definitely think um, South Fremantle are going to run away with it. Eagles, look, it was against Perth, if I'm honest. don't want to put Perth down just yet, but I mean, it's after round one, but after last year's, if we're going off the rankings, like it was a great game, Perth versus West Coast, but no, I think South Fremantle are running away with eight to ten goals, I reckon. They'll have their work cut out, so uh, who knows? Might be competitive or it might go the other way, so we'll have to wait and see. But uh, Swan District's taking on East Fremantle at Steel Blue Oval. Both teams desperate for a win there after round one loss. And uh, who do we reckon gets this one done, boys? 
Look, Showers. Easy. You reckon? Easy. I don't know. It might, be, it might be a little bit of bias in that uh, that one, but yeah, look. I, I'm, I'm still tipping Swannies. Swannies? Yeah. I'm going Swannies. Yeah, I think they'll be tough to beat in Bassendane. I'll go the Swans too. Yeah, all right, all right, okay. I'll preview blokes wrong next <laughs> well, week. East, East Perth are a quality side. Don't get me wrong. Don't like them because they're rivals to West Perth, but they're a quality side, and Swan District's definitely handed it to them. So could up yeah. there, it could be up there, just need it. Take some more opportunities. He's free. I'm going to kick an absolute bag <laughs> in the fourth next week. You watch, boys. Claremont Subi, come on then. Claremont oh, Subi. Look, I think Subi will get their act together. I think Subi will take this one out. Yeah, a few players coming back from COVID isolation. That was sort of kept on the, the old down low. But yeah, they, they'll get their, the majority of their list back. And um, yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll blitz. Yeah, blitz it Claremont. would be Subi for me too. Yeah, there we go. All Subi for that one. And uh, Sunday, boys, we've got Peel Thunder taking on West Perth. Look, great no win question, by Peel. Great, <laughs> great win by Peel there in round one. Uh, tremendous fourth term, but yeah, I, I think West West Perth have a bit too much star power for that one. West Perth. Yeah, West Perth. Oh, you go and Peel. You go Peel. You go Peel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh wow. They're gonna be. They're gonna be. They're gonna be, they're gonna be rocking. Head, they're, they're gonna be rocking. Big Lloyd Meek. He. Uh, he's gonna be in and under again. Connor Blakely. He's up and about this season. Wow. He had a, he had apparently a massive preseason. Yeah, so he's looking he's, fit, isn't he? He's looking lean, yeah. and I just, you know, I think you're looking worried there, Connor, because, and I think you should be, because <laughs> Peel Thunder, mate, they're gonna rock your world this weekend. I just don't reckon. I reckon the heartstrings of the Falcons are just gonna be too hard. I reckon they're gonna just be doing cold kicking all this week. Look, yeah, I'm, I've got to uh, side with Connor on this one there, Tom. I reckon West Perth will be too strong. Final game of round two, so we got Perth Demons taking on the East Perth Royals. At Mineral Resources Park, that'll be on at 5.10 on the Sunday afternoon. So a twilight game there. But, uh, oh, gee whiz, this is a, a good matchup, isn't it, fellas? I reckon, um, look, Perth's home ground. I'll probably go Perth by a couple of goals there. Wouldn't be surprised if it's less than a kick. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll agree with you on this one, Jesse. I think, I think you're on the money there. I think um, they're going to take that momentum. You know, they kicked 9-8 last week uh, against West Coast. They're going to roll into the, uh, this week feeling pretty confident. Solid midfield group. They'll hit the ground running. Yeah, look, it, I, I still reckon Perth. I don't know. There's some potential. I see it in there. Yeah, but look, I, I mean, uh, if Perth, they are on their on their home deck there against the Royals, if they get it done. And imagine uh, starting the season 2-0, and zip, especially after that. I'm sure they would say underwhelming season last year where on the back of finals in 2020 and then second second bottom last year only in front of the, the West Coast Reserves. But, um, you know, it's definitely uh, got every opportunity there to, to kick off the t- season two and zip. Look, I think that just about wraps us up there, boys. Big, uh, big weekend of football and who knows, maybe a few more single-digit games coming up this round. Fingers crossed. Yeah, let's hope they're all under a goal, mate. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Who's going to what games this weekend, boys? Am I going to run into you at the Sharks game? Not catch me dead at a Sharks Oh, look, I, I oh. think I think that uh, that Twilight game on Sunday looks pretty good. The Perth East Perth one there, beautiful ground there at Mineral Resources Park overlooking the West Coast facilities. All shaping up to be good games. So if it's uh, anything like round one, we should be in for a treat. Wonderful. Bring it on. Get down to your local footy if you're listening to this. Get down to your local waffle, buy a scarf and yell and scream. Fantastic. There we go. See you at the footy. Laughing sounds good. So there you have it. So the Monday waffle there, recapping all the big headlines from round one. Uh, some phenomenal games there. Four of the five games under single digits. So a tremendous way 
to start the season. I'm Jesse Donnelly-Jones, joined by Connor Malice and Tom McCracken. Thanks for listening and see you next week.